Friends, welcome back to the DDO DM podcast. Welcome to the lair of the DDO DM. Please have a seat, past friends, future friends. We're all here together in this one isolated dimensional bubble of time that we have frozen. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a week, really. Maybe a little more than a week. I was sort of, you know how I like to teleport and teleport spells. Well, I kind of got sucked into this Baldur's Gate 3 thing. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but... Anyways, so we did the DDO Expanded episode a couple weeks back. Um, I started doing this uh, play-by-post thing on the forums, and I got sucked into like this side tabletop thing and then I got sucked into this Pathfinder 2E thing so I spent a bunch of money on that and then I got sucked into the Baldur's Gate 3 thing like last um so (laughs) for me it's been from the forums to the tabletop like the Pathfinder thing and then so it's been crazy I uh was able to um, play a bunch of the Wrath of the Righteous, and then I, I got on to DDO and um, did a I did one life in the last couple weeks, but I've been fairly quiet um, because just the busyness between all those three three different habits that I have was uh, stealing time. I uh, I wanted to do the the. So, geez, I've got a lot to say, but I can't say it, you know, ever. I think there's a country song about that, probably. I, I, you know, a million thoughts go racing through my mind. I find I haven't said a word. <laughs> there's um, a bunch of stuff, DDO news to talk about. I don't usually cover uh, DDO news because that's... Uh, you know, a lot of guys do that, but the I think the biggest thing to talk about is the two big things. Um, a positive thing that people think is uh, probably not positive. Well, I've heard mixed reviews so far. Is the uh, Reaper change to the healing outside of combat? <laughs> I think that's a that's a great change. I think that moves the the needle a little bit in the direction that people want, which is tougher combat scenarios, but not necessarily a nerfed character, if that makes any sense. Um, I was listening to somebody, I don't remember who it was, but they, uh, just briefly, because one of the, I just want to address one of the kind of objections I heard, was that the reason for one of the reasons for Reaper's nerf of self-healing was because self-healing had become too prevalent in the game. But all my DDO DM listeners know, <laughs> if we go back to last week's or a couple weeks ago when we talked about the nerfs, the reason why the self-healing became so prevalent was because they removed AC from the game or AC's effectiveness from the game and continuously or continuously upped those grazing hit damage and the um, the glancing blow damage from the enemy and inflated their stats as well. 
because they had inflated the two-hit stats for the players. Now, just quickly to touch on that previous topic, nobody was calling for a nerf of AC uh, at all, and and I don't ever remember anybody whining about the two-hit chances. I, I remember even when I when we could you could tank the uh Sulamatis with like an evasion build or, or like a, a an AC build you still would have difficulty hitting him and you had to you know really rely on your crits and build into those and it was uh it was a lot more fun back then because uh, you would still get hit um people think five percent of the time isn't a lot but when you're they're chunking your health and they added like Sulamatis had that curse that um that healing curse he would pop on you. That was pretty... Even though you could solo it, I mean, soloing it was extremely difficult, even with an AC build, because of all the mobs that would spawn on top of you. It's hard to go back to that time in the game because of all the things that's happened since then. So it's difficult to replicate that because the game's not in the same state. But trust me, or don't trust me, or this is my experience was... Even even if you had the AC, you still had to creep up. And I don't remember. Somebody may remember what that number was. Was it 103 or 108 back then? That was like 10 years ago or more, probably. So about 10 years ago. So it was like 103, 108. But even still, you know, I don't know how many Orthons would spawn at once, plus the bats. And then Sulamatis would pop on top of you and your, you know, you would still fail an evasion save on a roll of one. So there was a lot of things going on and a lot of, you know, 5% hits that would certainly add up um, if you couldn't race down the Orthons by yourself. So I always uh, usually duo that one. Just It took a lot of the pressure off with two of you on there to to heal back and forth, to remove each other's curse, or if you got into a jam and somebody, you know, somebody rolled a one on one of the spikes or something. So just briefly, the reason why you have Reaper mode or the reason why self-healing and all this stuff, it's all pre- all precipitates or is all predicated on the nerf to AC that nobody asked for. So that's just, uh, I just want to kind of get that out of the way. <laughs> the reason why the game is in the state it's in with PRR and MMR is because, because of that change, because that quote-unquote made more builds viable. And it didn't. As you can see, it fucked up the game kind of almost beyond recognition. And I don't want to be negative because I think the Reaper change was good because I think we want to bring, make combat difficult and have um, everybody like play a t- more team-oriented uh, combat, but not... The issue is, um, do we want it to be like World of Warcraft? I mean, if you want it to be like any other Trinity MMO, then you should tell the developers that you should get on the forums you know and you should get make your youtube videos and make your posts on facebook and twitter and you should let them know that you want the trinity um gameplay Uh, otherwise because you know dungeons and dragons typically is you know well look we get the pathfinder offshoot right We're, we're just math nerds or math people trying to make you know some of the coolest characters we can by manipulating the numbers and class abilities. So I'm not going to really, I don't really want to like get on that treadmill guys. Um, You know, my opinion is I wish we could have 
AC tanks and evasion builds back, I wish um, we could still have um, heavy-hitting Eldritch Knight builds. I wish we could have all the stuff back. I, I really do. I think part of Dungeons & Dragons, the basis of Dungeons & Dragons rule system is each character is a hero, not you know, not necessarily the group. Each character is a hero. And I know that's difficult for them to do and balance, and I don't want to be too negative, but I wanted to at least say that one piece. So if you want to rewind it, take your finger or drag your mouse across and rewind um, and listen to that couple-minute argument or that couple-minute reasoned um, defense of why the game kind of slid off track. It certainly is, in my belief, predicated on the the destruction of the player's defense and, and reliability on armor class. Um, I'm not going to get into it, guys. You know, the dodge percentage chance to miss and all this stuff. All that stuff was added in and it really fucked things up, as you can tell, because it just created more and more problems. And, you know, to s- somehow shift that back would be great. But I, I don't know if they'll they'll be able to. So, <laughs> that being said, moving on from there. <laughs> so, when was Reaper Mode really started? Way, way, way back when they first nerfed AC. That's when they sort of went down that road. Um, okay. So, that was uh, the, the Reaper change. So, fast forward to today. I think the Reaper change for Out of Combat was is good. I uh, went through one life, and I don't really... I'm playing like a rogue monk thing right now. I got like... So I haven't really noticed too much. I've been using hirelings to get through my um, my 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 past lives there. So uh, my racial lives, my last two. My last two. I literally on my last two. I, I thought I was on my last two, but I was on my last three. And I just finished up one, and I got two left. So I got the one I'm in now, and then one after that. And then I'm... That got that racial completionist thing, so then I'll have all three, which is pretty cool. But um, it's like also because of that, I continually online looking at you know <laughs> builds and you know how can I break the game. <laughs> um, I have a couple of ideas. I don't know if they're good, but I have a couple of ideas. Um, <laughs> Anyways, um, that was a good change. And then there was this uh, nerf. That's what it was. The um, the caster nerf there for the R7s and above. I Guys, I wouldn't freak out about that too much. The, the issue with the issue with the, the um, with that nerf it does totally suck. And, you know, I, I already kind of addressed it last the last time. The fact that they're even balancing for Reaper is sucks. You know, I mean, I don't know what their plans are. And I don't know if they got plans because they never say anything to us about it. But it would be nice if there was like, you know how they do like the roadmap. Be nice if there was somebody like a team member that was in charge of Reaper. If they had even if it was very vague plot points that weren't set in stone. It'd be nice if we had an idea of what they had an idea of, and then we could say, oh, yeah, that sounds great. We can't wait for that. Or, oh, that sucks. You guys are on the wrong path. <laughs> but 
the uh, Reaper change was uh, awesome. Uh, the healing thing was a good change. I don't know how they're going to um, bring any of the game back into alignment. I, I really think... Um, I talked to my buddy about it, and I tried to come up with, like... I kind of came up with, like, my own, like, RP scenario type thing. But the more I think about it, the more I think... Um, some of what my friend was saying is true that, like, uh, one of my guildmates, that you probably have to address the the gear bloat. So you'd probably have to have some kind of mode where either you're going to allow the developers to cap your stats and cap all your damage stats and all that stuff, or remove any type of gear that you have and start fresh as far as gear goes, if that makes sense. Because that's kind of where the the balance is, is kind of off from. So, because they removed AC, so they had to bloat your stats all over the place, and then it just kind of created this this system where they created defensive systems that they kept blowing up and blowing up, and then on both ends, you know, you have the bad guy end and the good guy end, right? The player end and the mob end, and both sides just increasingly just inflated, inflated, inflated until they get really large. So I, I'm not really sure because I don't know programming or game design or anything that's fun. I don't know what fun is. So I'm just I'm I'm being a little tongue in cheek there. Maybe a lot tongue in cheek, but yeah, I think something like that would have to be uh, addressed. And I don't think all of Reaper is bad. So I think some of the, the monster design is good. They just need to make them, you know, a little bit more. So I imagine something like this. So say. Um, like, the Fear Reapers are pretty deadly, right? They teleport. You don't really know where they are. But what if it was like a, a, a like a bugbear, right? Like a bugbear champion. And it would change, right? It, this, this thing could be modular. But say it had, uh, instead of it being, you know, having true seeing and all this other stuff, um, say it has um, like a, a, a trip attack. A trip attack that can, you know, hit, you know, up to two or three players. And it, you know, if you don't have true seeing or you can't see invisibility or, you know, it wouldn't be a spot check, right? It would have to be um, some kind of like a magical darkness type thing that they're under so that you would have to be under effect of some kind of magical effect to be able to detect them at all. Um, maybe you could detect them with listen because if they're not on another plane, you might be able to. So that would be another way to bring listen, the skill listen back into the game. So if they could be listened to. So this thing is hiding around a corner. You guys go through, say, the, one of the sewer doors in um, Waterworks. We all know the one. You turn the crank. The door opens. You go through. It's timed, right? So what if um, what if kind of the whole thing was there was a guy standing there, and he tripped. He comes out of stealth, and he trips one of the party members, and then one of his minions automatically starts closing the door to try to separate the party. I mean, I think uh, that's pretty cool. I also think what would be neat is if there was some kind of mechanism. This is totally not what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> but I was thinking, um, you know, you have these big Reaper boss moments. Well, if you change them into like a rival or a, um, a story boss type thing, you might be able to get away with, say, capturing one or two of the players and teleporting them to, say, some shrine area or some preconceived pre-programmed area in the quest where the characters can't they if they want to save the party member they have to you know they have to 
you know, essentially fight a new boss fight. And I imagine it being, say, um, you know the shrine? What I'm thinking in my head is the shrine in Butcher's Path, the one that has the two oozes that's across from the U-shaped, um, you know, the U-shaped ambush. So in my head I'm thinking, so say you're coming down, you know, the big ramp to get to that area where there's the, you know, there's the the big lake with the trap and the troglodyte. So you're just coming into that area and say this, you get into a boss fight and for whatever reason you don't get to, you don't stop the boss from kidnapping a party member. Why would he kidnap a party member? I, I have no idea. <laughs> We'd have to figure that out, but it certainly would be fun <laughs> to have to go save them or maybe not. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe leave them there, but, uh, I think it would be a good uh, optional objective maybe that they could add in. And I imagine it. So I imagine that shrine where the two oozes are. But instead of that shrine now, there's it's a trapped hallway where with like one of those blue force fields that you'd have to kind of interact with. And once you interact with that blue force field, you enter this fight where you could potentially save the player, clear the shrine, and get to use the shrine. So I don't know. That's probably... I didn't mean to talk about that. This was... I don't even know why it came up because it's not even a fully formed idea and I don't even know if it makes sense but there, there was uh, certainly a thought that I had had but I, there was many thoughts I've had over the last couple of weeks I haven't been able to sit down and at least write them down to, to make sure that they make sense so if that doesn't make sense I apologize I didn't mean to waste your time but essentially not necessarily a way to split the party but a way to increase the um, increase the odds of uh increase the danger factor right so okay now that that's behind us and I don't even know what we were uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what we were we were on to um, the nerf for the casters right that's what we're talking about yeah that's a bummer I think that's a bummer I think it's a bummer they're wasting time on that I'd like to know what's going on for archetypes and stuff like that you know I mean it's clear that the game's like fun it's just I think people are more excited about what they can be in the game as opposed to um, you know nerfing end game content it sucks that the you know the 20 people that play R10 are bummed <laughs> but uh, you know I don't know you know that's you know this question of balance and fun and how you balance it is a tough tough thing and that's why I wanted to shed a little light on the history of why we ended up where we ended up, but then kind of move on from it. And um, it's just so funny that it's still one of those things that, that, yes, that, well, now Standing Stone Games struggles with. And it seems so strange to me that they can't make the, they can't make that leap that it was fine when the AC was working the way it was. Yeah, you could do a lot of stuff with high AC builds, but it just there was enough challenge in the game that it was a great attainable feat. You could clear a lot of content duo. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I think you know the issue with the caster stuff is that the casters had more trouble doing it. There were some guys that were soloing some stuff with a cleric or with a um, you know pale master back then. There was a couple of quest raids that you could solo. Um, 
But, you know, a lot of that had to do, you know, they hadn't introduced the spell power and the spell crit like they had they have it now. So that that's kind of the issue. So some of those systems, you know, had they been thought of instead of how can we nerf this, how can we quick fix this to nerf it, um, it would have been would have been better. But anyways, we're not there anymore. We're trying to talk about something else. I, <laughs> there's been a, a lot of uh, new suggestions on the forums, the race suggestions. There's a monk archetype thing that looks like it was uh, updated. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't know what everybody is interested in. I know, I don't know what the Kenku are. I do, I think they're the bird race. Let me, uh, let me just look them up real quick. Just so I'm not, you think I would have had, uh, I would have had this down, right? Oh, yeah, they are the bird race. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. It's been a while, guys, and I've been all over the map with, uh, oh, this is a wicked cool picture of a Kenku. The issue is, like anything else, uh, it's all up to artist interpretation. Maybe I'll uh, place this. Um, maybe I'll place this picture as the uh, the, the thing because this is this would be a cool race right here. The Kenku is. Yeah, they got to get the wings in there somehow, and uh, the awesomeness of it <laughs> because it looks like you can make them pretty. You could do a terrible interpretation of this, or you could do an awesome one. So you'd want the um, you'd want the awesome one. <laughs> I think I'll um I'll try to make this the uh, the thing. Um I mean I I feel great about that. I think it'd be cool to have a new race. Um but then again, I thought there was a Yuan T post a while ago that was kicking off pretty good. I thought that was going to that was going to set some fire on some people, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't uh obviously the half dragon thing was cool. The Yuanti was cool. The Kenku suggestion is really cool. Um, I haven't had time to look at it, look at it. I don't know if anybody has, uh, or if anybody's, like, come up with a tree for it yet or what. But the Hexblade looks like that got knocked back up again. That that seems like a really, people are interested in that. But I think what people don't understand and, you know, my buddy was pretty nice to do that, but about the Hexblade is the it's the five E stuff that breaks it. It's the um it's the way the spell slots work. That that you know, you can essentially paladin smite. So th- the way it would work in and um five E is if you were Hexblade and let's just say you're a Hexblade and you're um casting us you have access to second level spell slots I mean, you could essentially um, do lots and lots of D8s because <laughs> everything is like a D8. But you could essentially do like, I don't know, 5D8 or 68 on an attack with with weapon damage. So, you know, it's, it's not bad, um, but it's not something like, I don't know. With the imbue system that DDO's added, it's, it's, there's a potential um, to incorporate some of this stuff in but I think there needs to be uh I don't know I, I, I think there might you might need to figure out how to manage the imbue system so that it's uh a feature that you can build into specifically 
and not just always tied to class. I'm okay with classes having, um, obviously having ways to to buff it up, but I think right now it's so class class specific that it's not like uh, it's not like a flavor. It's almost like um, it's like, hey, we can't give you um, stat strength buff type deal. Like you're not getting weapon specialization, so here's just more imbued dice so you can play on the front lines with the melees. So I think the system itself has to work so that it's, I don't know, so it's more uh, customizable and more, um, you can t- you can target other builds that way so that if you wanted to be melee that's on the front lines but spec into an imbue side, you could. Or if you wanted to be melee on the front lines and spec into like a feet side, you could. I don't know if I'm really articulating that that's another thought that i haven't really thought out um but it it just seems to me that we have two like the because i love the actually i love the uh eldritch knight class a shit ton and um there's a couple of imbue builds on there um it's it's an easy one to do you know it's an easy it's it's an easy one to uh to roll out and build there's not a whole lot of thought that goes into it i would just like to see um I would like to see other classes be able to use it because I I don't like Sacred Fist. I don't really feel like it does a lot of damage, but it's got access to like some abuse stuff, and I don't understand why there wasn't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I I played a bunch of Sacred Fist. Like I played you know four or five lives of that. I loved it, but it was like the best time I ever had with it. When I was when I was like low, like a couple of levels of of uh sacred fist but then the rest sorcerer <laughs> and then i felt like i had melee damage which sucks you know you don't want to feel that way um but that's what i mean so the imbue die as far as spell slot changes and stuff like i wonder if they could do something like that where either you know you're there's a feat way to do it and then there's like a spell spell way to do it like they do with sacred fist but like it, it clearly needs to be considerably more it just needs to probably go based on spell level like you know that sacred empowerment like you should be able to either a heighten that or b slot that into a higher spell slot to get more out of it you know to get more time and then more not just with a heighten but like to make it you know you can you can only have one sacred empowerment spell slotted but you can make it you know it 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 you you get it at like say say level four and then you get it again at level 8, and then again at level 12, or however that works. But each time it would up the damage, or even d- double it, you know, because it's really not that much much damage when you think about it, you know. When you think about, you know, what 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 gets bypassed and what doesn't. So, and especially with something like that, with the, the big danger, I think, cause the big danger, I think, with the Imbudi, to me, and the one, the thing that I want to use to break the game is the uh, frenzied berserker one, because it's not only is it a D eight, but it bypasses everything. So I don't think they crit, but that's the, that's the only issue. But I think to me, buffing that D eight up is great. The issue is when you run the numbers. I think between like say like fighter builds and straight just straight melee builds, it's difficult to for me to wrap my head around the numbers and what what's better but i think 
it's just better to go like straight fight or take all the feats and get all the melee power from you know your, your kensai and, and anywhere you can get your melee power from again it's just i don't know there's some of the stuff i i, I wish you would look at some of the stuff because it's fun to do it's just not balanced like in a way that you can it's not the system isn't well thought out like when they come out with systems like this for you know like just look at the new one D D thing that they've had to rehash and rehash right retest like you know you got to give it to standing stone games for just kind of like rolling this shit out not really thinking about it but I think it, it's kind of time to think about the imbue system like that and to think about, well, why can't I spec into this? Or can you get a spell slot for that? Or can there be like a more universal way to... It, it works for, in everybody's favor because if the developers know what the high end and and we know what the high end is, then you know it's easier for them to balance, um, at least as far as player damage with imbue goes. Because to me, I think the two things that are, would I'd like to break would be the Tier 4 and Eldritch Knight and the Frenzy Berserker. Those are the two things I'd like to break. I'd love to marry the shit out of those two. Like have, um, uh, like do a Charisma build and just, you'd have to barely do enough, um, in both to unlock like the frenzied the berserker thing and then the tier four. So I don't know what's four or five levels, but then you'd have to figure out how to get more imbue dice. Obviously you'd want to go elf because then you can get, spend the 22 points I think in or 21 to get the six out of the arcane archer. So then you're doing 68 and then you add 66 to your eldritch blast. And then You'd probably want, gee, I don't know, because now you got two classes. Now I don't know what you'd want, because you could go like into the Dark Hunter for an easy three. You could go two rogue for an easy three, but that only puts you up at nine. And there's no way to up that with feats. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't know. I haven't really thought. I don't know why I'm telling you my build ideas. I never do that. <laughs> this thing. I'm not that good of a build maker anyway. So you shouldn't take any advice from me as far as that's concerned. But. I do think the system itself should be overhauled so it's more fun to play with. It seems like right now you just, anytime I start running numbers, I always end up going Eldritch Knight or Alchemist, and it doesn't feel like fun. It doesn't feel like you can get away from those classes. It feels like there's a huge buff to Eldritch Knight, and it was a huge buff to um, to those classes, but not, not to anything else. Anyways, um, what else can we talk about, my friends? I just have been playing a lot of uh, Pathfinder 2E, and I just started playing uh, Baldur's Gate 3 uh, this week. So, I, I mean, I, I'm familiar with some of the 5E rules. I've played a little bit of it, but I've uh, been really, like, the last week, like we had the last podcast, even before the last podcast, all I was doing was Pathfinder 2E, and um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I started to get into Wrath of the Righteous, but Wrath of the Righteous is fun, but that's uh, D&D 3.5 rules, and it's just not the same. It doesn't have the same action economy as Pathfinder 2E. So, yeah, I was kind of bummed about that, but um, it's still a ton of fun. I love the way they implemented Shifter because I haven't played that update yet. The Shifter is awesome for them. Not like in DDO where it's kind of crap. It's awesome. I mean, just the shifter, it kind of sucks. I mean, some of the other ones are uniquely flavored. 
the uh, archetypes they have for the shifter, but just the shifter, because the shifter class for um, uh, the shifter is a class in in Wrath of the Righteous. It's not a race in in um, in Eberron. It's a race, you know. So they're, they're limited that way. But the shifter, um, yeah, it's just a lot. It's wicked cool. Like the whole claw thing, you can do that. It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot, a lot of fun. And then um, it's very, very powerful too. But it kind of needs to be, you know, because uh, otherwise people wouldn't wouldn't play it. You know, they would be like, they would not be that excited to play it. It's not over-tuned or anything. It's just a really great class to play. Um, that's not even DDO talk though, guys. You know, that's the thing. I'm trying to think of DDO talk. Well, I haven't been playing that much. I've been, I, you know, I did the one racial life and... I'm waiting to see about archetypes, man. That's what keeps me going is uh, the 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 lore and the fantasy of the characters. That's what keeps me going. I know um, there's a post about monk archetype my buddy put up, but I'm not even going to open it because I don't care to. Um, we could talk a little bit about uh, Season 3 Mandalorian. What do you guys think? I know I'm not the only one because I know Voodoo talks about it. I uh, started watching it a couple weeks ago. Season 3 of The Mandalorian, I got about two or three episodes in and I could see Kathleen Kennedy's fingerprints all over the damn thing. I watched it up to the season finale. I, I have yet to see the season finale. I'll watch that tomorrow. But uh, her fingerprints were clearly all over that uh, season. So that sucks. But from what I hear, she's supposed to be out and Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau are supposed to be able to they feel like they can fix it, you know. There's a uh, talk about, you know, they uh, talk about when you when you look it up online. There's the fans talk about cameos, cameos, cameos. But I think there's just um, the thing is that that's world building lore. The cameos are are part of the world building and the lore. It's not just like you know, we we want cameos because we want to see those characters. It's that you want to know that everything's connected. And uh, has meaning, you know, it has more meaning when everything's connected and, and everything is, you know, relates to one another. So I think that to me, that's the only thing I would inject into that conversation is that, yes, you're impressed with the cameos, but it's not the fact that the cameos are there. It's the fact that you, you feel like it's a universe that's connected and there are consequences for what the characters go through and what they're doing. So... It's not just like that we want to see Luke Skywalker again or see any, you know, any number of characters again. It's not that we just want to see them again. It's we want to see something that matters again. And uh, season three, um, you know, the Force is female. Remember those T-shirts? That's pretty much what happened to me with season three is they just took Pedro out and uh, threw in uh, Katie Sackhoff. And that's fine. I like Bo-Katan, but here's the deal. Like, it wasn't really written for... It, it just was poorly done. You know, it just has her fingerprints all over it. You can tell. So, a good... Um, so, I watched Shadow and Bone with uh, my stepkids. My kids. Uh, my kids. And that has a lot of female leads and a lot of female characters that are main plot characters. And um, excellently written, excellently done, very well executed. I think Ahsoka Tano in The Rebels and in The Clone Wars, excellently written. Um, 
But I think Katie Sackhoff's character, Bo-Katan, in season three of The Mandalorian was not excellently written. And it just goes to show The Mandalorian just decides to seek her out and she's got this awesome castle on a cliff and she's lounging in this throne all by herself with nobody around. Like, it make, just makes no sense. Not in line with the character, the lore, you know, it just not, wasn't good. You know, it wasn't a good season. And uh, it's too bad because those people work, you know, those actors work hard on that show. So it's too bad that, you know, people up top can shit on them. So it's a, you know, something to take note of. People up top, they want to they want to f- fuck with the little ones. They still can. I think part of it is, too, is you got to have, I hate to say it, but, you know, these guys, because the actors are just trying to make money. But at some point, I think they would have, they would get more clout and make a bigger name for themselves if they stood on their principles as opposed to just, you know, bending over and taking whatever job that Kathleen Kennedy wanted them to take or took whatever position they could get. I mean, so Pedro Pascal was supposed to be in uh, the Skeleton series that she's doing, but she fired him from that series, so they're reshooting all the Mandalorian scenes and putting in a different Mandalorian instead of him. And I think, like, the actor that took that job should not have taken that job. He should have let everybody know and he was offered it and then didn't take it and he's not taking it on principle. Now, they'll find some asshole to take the spot, sure. But the fans will appreciate that more. And I think you'd like to see like a guy like John Favreau and Dave Filoni. You'd like to think that they, you know, if the fans appreciate something that they want to include it so that the guy's career wouldn't be shot you know, he would just have to take the other side, which would be Dave Filoni's side, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Um, yeah, because that's kind of how the way that those things are going. Kathleen Kennedy versus Dave Filoni, really, uh, but John Favreau and Dave Filoni. So that's that. Season three of The Mandalorian. Looking forward to season four. It's supposed to be pretty good. The Ahsoka series is supposed to be pretty good. I guess they get some. Uh, they're going to bring Ezra from Rebels back, so we, we should have some fun with that one. Um, Star Wars: The Old Republic. They just went to 64-bit in their uh, MMO, but I didn't. Uh, I downloaded it, updated it, resubbed, and then I deleted the game from my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have more racial lives to do, man. And uh, I get, you know, I got other stuff to do, man. I just can't, I canceled the sub too. I just can't, I don't have time for all these games like I used to. And then to do the podcast to boot, man, I don't have the time, man. I just don't have it. Um, geez, I wish I, when I plan, I don't need to plan them out, but I, I need to think ahead of time about what uh, we're going to talk about. That makes the episodes a lot longer and uh, gives me um, more teeth as far as conversation goes and then where the conversation can go. But I haven't really thought too much about DDO. I've thought a lot about Pathfinder and um, I thought a lot about um, like Baldur's Gate 3 thing, which is, if you haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, you really, really should. Uh, they Larian Studios has done a great job. I I, I really, I, I think I see why people are starting to say this is, could be the RPG of the decade. So it's a lot of fun, and you should definitely check it out, um, in, including anybody that um, just likes RPGs. It's just a great, great, uh, great video game. 
I'm excited for its release. Um, I want to, uh, I don't know, I love DDO. I want the game to continue. I just want some news about some archetypes. I want some more. I know they're working on the, um, oh, the Wild Men thing. Oh, jeez. I'm not even going to touch that topic. I'm not even going to touch that topic because I don't, I don't care to. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, the fact that they're wasting time on that is, unbelievable to me like we need new archetypes and stuff i don't care you know i just it's amazing to me <laughs> it's just amazing to me uh, you guys gotta see the chris rock special and like about uh the chris rock like some of the shit he says in his special there it's funny as shit uh he has this one bit where he's like uh they're like trying to get rid of bullies in school. Well, you should look that up, like the bullies in school thing. That's a that's a funny bit. Anyways, um, <laughs> bullies and teachers. It's funny. Um, so I'm not going to touch that topic. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I know there's been a lot of stuff posted in the suggestions and ideas threads. I just, like, nobody's done anything with it. There's like been, like, a lot of talk. But there's no, like, nobody's done a tree. People just talk back and forth. That's why it's important, like, if you guys are going to suggest something, it's good to, oh, I do remember. There was a Enchanter class that we can go over. That somebody actually did some work on. So it's nice to post these ideas. But try to have something where it's... I want something I can talk about. <laughs> and I can't talk about just the Kenku race. I don't do trees. You know? So someone's got to do a tree that we can look at and then suggest it and then talk about it. You know? Um, I meant to go over... I guess we, I never actually went over the Hexblade tree, but... I'm not going to do that this episode because I just, you know, it's been all over the place, my brain. So that's kind of like just getting back to work. Like this is like my Monday, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So where is it? There's, here it is. Uh, nope. Where is the, uh, yeah, here it is. Work in progress, new class enchanter. Now, I already have some uh, some ideas on this, which is good. So the Enchanter class, uh, charismatic spell canter casters use incantations and charms, enchantments to get by in combat. No limited or limited to no offensive magic. Uh, manipulation magic is really their thing. So I I like this and I I like this and I think so. Let's just look at it. So they want it to be a a mad uh, multi abilities, multi multiple ability uh, dependent um, build. So charisma, intelligence, dexterity, and constitution. So wisdom and strength would be your dump stats, and essentially be their idea is they've got this ranged idea. 
But I think you can kind of already do this now that I'm actually looking at it. The thing I thought was cool, I thought I read it, but it's actually not in here. Um, oh, yeah, Master, you yeah. Um, see, a charlatan, using melee weapons imbued with magic, you can inflict certain conditions on a target which influence and manipulate them into behaving into ways they normally would not. Shot collar. When using wands, orbs, or scepters, the use of certain charm spells are enhanced. See, so I read that wrong. I, I kind of read those two lines when I first saw this posted. It's at the bottom of his first uh, post. It's charlatan and shot collar. It's at the bottom. And I read it as, like, when you're using a wand, you have a chance, just a random chance, like any wand, you have a random chance of charming or casting like a charm spell, which I thought would be cool. Like, so say you're like wand whipping yourself to heal yourself and, uh, or a, a friend and like, boom, you then you charm something. That would be, that would be kind of neat. Um, but I don't know how the tech would, on that would work, but that would be really cool. And that's kind of what I thought he kind of meant by that. Um, but I'm not sure that, um, you, but I feel like you could just build this already. They, this is kind of the dream. This is kind of the thing that DDO can, like, you can actually build this now. Um, and that's kind of the, and I don't mean like a little bit, like a lot bit. Like you could literally build this now, um, without, uh, without adding anything into the, um, into the, into the game you could just build this now um this this seems to me like it's um like you could the necromancy and illusion so it seems to me and i bet i haven't looked at the, the spells yet um so when i first saw the spell selections there's two here at the Divination, divination, enchantment, necromancy, and illusion. So I don't know. To me, that's like they want to be able to one-shot. They want to be able to control mobs and then one-shot when either A, shit hits the fan, or B, they feel like it. Um, the other thing is, I think when it comes to half-caster classes, they stop at level 6, not level 7, because this goes up to level 7 uh, spells. So I'm not sure if they're... Um, I thought the whole point of it was to go... This brings up a really interesting, um, a really interesting thought, though. It's a, a poignant. This this particular post does, and it and it and it spells out the issue right up in the top header. There, it says they they use incantations, and um, you know we already have those in DDO. It's unfortunate that they're um, used in heroics, and then they're not used in epics or legendaries. Some are. Don't get me wrong. Some are. And uh, I'm not saying that they're not all useless, but the, you know, and I'm talking specifically about the SLAs that we have access to, because they oftentimes work like uh, how, like, uh, a warlock's um, invocations would work in 5e, where you could just cast, there's one, it's like Armor of Darkness, something like that, where you could just automatically cast, um, uh, basically always have um, Mage Armor on, right? And we already have that. Like, we already have uh, Mage Armor SLAs. We have um, Shield SLAs. We have permanent Shield uh, bonuses that are on characters. 
So I don't know if there's need, they need to take a look because you know, and because it, it, it's just a natural. It's called parallel thinking from what I've read. So it's just a natural thing that you know you get these developers seventeen years working on three point five. It's only natural that it's going to at some point parallel fifth edition because fifth edition is the next iteration. You know, it takes from fourth edition and it takes from three point five and it tries to simplify it. And obviously, they we're not going to get into the whole PRR, MRR, dodge percent chance, and eight armor class bullshit that they did. But beyond, like that's the thing is, if you can, if we could scrub that stuff out, I think you'd be really surprised at how close they got to fifth edition rules without being fifth edition, but it being an actual video game. So I think. And they can figure out a way to look at some of the stuff in 5th edition and not necessarily incorporate it, but just, they're already doing it. Like, it's already, some of it's kind of already there, <laughs> you know, except for uh, they just bought defenses, and, and that's, you know, they, they just fucked that up, that's all. So, I don't, um... You know, I, I like this. I do. But I think you can already do this, man. I think if you just went barred, you could do this. I mean, um, you could go barred and, you know, I think all of us are thinking the same thing if you pull it up. The new class Enchanter Work in Progress here by Tezmeister. I think you just go... Uh, I mean, to me, I would probably go uh, Stormsinger and then... You just you, you could just invest in um, the spell uh, slinger and then summon to the spell uh, the storm singer, and then you could just mostly go up into the um, fade arc illusionist tree, and then you would have a lot of the stuff you're looking for um, as far as your illusion DCs um, and enchantment DCs right there, and then I think uh, there's. There's some really good damaging spells too that Stormsinger brings too, so you could have uh, some of that stuff, or you could just keep it keep it real and go War Chanter or something, and 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 main you know not do the Stormsinger and keep all your Bard buffs. Um, I think sometimes uh, people just get turned off by the Bard um, flavor because what I mean by that is it's a music based class, quote unquote. So. You know, it's all pretty standard almost in every iteration you play, but you don't have to play it that way. Like, uh, you, you don't always have to sing a song to be buffed. I know that there's a... Uh, I'm thinking of, I just played Wrath of the Righteous and I was making a new character and they have a... Um, maybe uh, other people who play the game can chime in too. I think it's a Sensei Monk class that takes Bardic features, but... It has some bardic features and some paladin features, and they use those auras and stuff to buff the party, but the bardic abilities that they take from that gameplay mechanic from the bard, they, you know, they, it's, it's, um, you know, it's flavored that it's, a, you know, like either a rousing speech or like, you know, you're, you're reciting like the, uh, you know, the oath, the oath of whatever monk monastery you belong to or whatever, you know, unit or country you're you're with or whatever you're affiliated with, you know, something that's you know, something that, you know, grabs your heart and, you know, inspires you to, to 
to take the fight to the enemy. So that's doesn't have anything to do with you playing a guitar or playing a lute or you know the flute or any any type of music thing. But it, it's still the same thing. It's the same feature, literally, and it literally says that in the in the description that it is. But it acts that it quote unquote you know comes out differently from the player. So that that's you know I think sometimes people see the bard and they just see the music aspect of it and they get not turned off but um that's not what they're thinking of when they're thinking of this type of character although it is exactly is it just without the without the loot and i don't know how they could you know if they could fix that by like say um cuz i know they have fiddles that they can you can throw in so maybe if there was um, like a bardic, like a bard had like a, a a slot, and they could just fill it with different stuff to make the bard's flavor change, that would be actually huge, I think, to the bard class. Because if can you imagine if you could like add like any type of like flavor to the bard's buffs? I mean, I think that would be huge. That'd be a lot of fun. I know I would want to try it out just because I would have, you could have all kinds of different, you know, different stuff. From finger snaps to, I don't know, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you would want to do. I'm thinking like that flip, you know the monk flip there, the kick flip thing? I mean, you could do like all kinds of like cool like dance move type stuff. You could do all kinds of crazy shit, you know make it like a dancer type thing and that buffs that way or does damage that way anyways all right um we're coming up on an hour so we're doing pretty good as far as time goes um i do think this enchanter thing is a cool idea my friend i just think it already exists in in ddo um literally like this is i mean it just already exists um you just don't even need um, intelligence. I mean, you could really go, you know, you could really just go bard and then, you know, take a couple of ranged feats and pop yourself into uh, Inquisitor. I mean, that's what I'm looking at when I see this. I'm thinking of bard Inquisitor uh, that specializes in buffing and some range damage. But then again, being able to add some more of that imbue die and all that kind of stuff would help. But either way. Because that, you know, that kind of, you know, that's really the the big difference between like having like a bard one and then like a, like an alchemist or a, you know, wizard one, Eldritch Knight one. Well, that was a hell of a Monday, wasn't it? It's tough, you know, you, you, you get out of, you, it's, it doesn't take long, you know, uh, the brain is a muscle like anything else and. If you don't exercise it, it's uh, one of those things. It's like, whoop, whoop, I was lifting this weight last week, and now I can't put it, I can't get it halfway off my chest. It's one of those, one of those things you gotta, uh, you gotta use that brain, or you, <laughs> or you lose the, uh, lose the ability. It's a perishable skill conversation, especially talking to yourself. <laughs> I can only imagine what you're thinking, and I, I do imagine it, but I, I haven't. Um, I haven't had it had to you know function that way in a while. So hopefully, sometime the end of this week, I'll get another one out. I want to get another one out. It depends on what happens. You know, there's no place where we can really talk. I don't really get you guys' feedback. If you, I haven't I haven't checked my uh, my forum thing all week, I should check that. Um, 
but Mr. Fantastic won on uh, the forums if you guys want to hit me up. I don't uh, say anybody's forum names, even if because sometimes people have the characters attached to it and all that stuff. So I'm not here to like whisper to my guildmates who you know texted me or whatever. I don't do that crap. It's just um, I just want to know what you're thinking, you know, because then it helps me. Uh, it helps me. And I get a couple people that that tag me, and I'm not going to ever mention them. Obviously, you know, one of my friends, I actually suck me into the path to find a 2E thing I don't even say his name and he doesn't even give a shit and I quote his shit all the time but I don't even I won't just because it's a, it's a principle and I'm going to stick to it so um, yeah so I think uh, oh what oh this is a cosmetic system suggestion thing I think I read through that already um, sorry, I don't mean to be so far away from the microphone here. Yep. There's not a whole lot I see that's, uh, worth talking about. I know I was going to go over the Blade Singer. I had some ideas for the Blade Singer, but, uh, I'm not going to... I just haven't, um... When I started this podcast today, I don't really have anything to talk about, guys. I don't. I didn't have, a. I didn't really have anything. I just didn't want... I wanted to talk about the the Reaper thing because I thought that was a good change. And I wanted to say that I was bummed about the nerfs and then bummed to just freaking working on the damn thing. Um, I guess I could have gone over the Hexblade, the Pact of the Blade, Warlock archetype. That would have been kind of fun. But the thing is, I'm already playing that. Like, um, I'm already... So it's like, I don't know, it's like... That's the danger of DDO. Okay, well, we can wrap it up with this. Is the archetype thing, they have to get on that because there are other games out there, other D&D properties, other Pathfinders, other properties out there that can fulfill some fans' fantasy of it. And then when that happens, they're less inclined to... um, be interested in what you're doing. You've got to really... you got to really, really push for those fun unique things I mean the Hexblade Pact of the Blade Warlock is such a slam dunk it's like doing the uh, Vengeance Oath Paladin like it's it's a guaranteed knock out of the park like in 5th edition these things already fucking are knocked out of the park and you hit that thing hits Twitter that thing hits um, that thing hits Facebook and it's going to make its rounds and you're going to get an influx in people. But then, you know, the code will be gone by then. The dungeon crawl code will be gone by then. So, you you know what I mean? Like, you got to plan those things out a little bit better because that's a great way to get, you know, even if it's another 100 or 200 subscriptions a month, you know, whatever it is, 50 subscriptions a month, whatever it is to, you know, it's a lot of money. So, I just, I don't know, I... I know my buddy. I know a lot of people want to see this game succeed. So, and that's why we're here talking about it. Because if we're not talking about DDO, what are we talking about? You know, we got. If we're not talking about it. We got to be the ones talking about it. We play the game. Um. And I told you, for me and mine, I you know, downloaded my Star Wars. I updated it. I resubbed, and then I had to cancel it right away. I just don't have the time. I had to pick, you know, DDO or Star Wars, and I picked DDO. You know. Uh, it's just for me uh, I know they're they're working on the lag stuff 
and I think that's good, and I'm excited for that. Uh, I just would like to hear about um, archetypes, and I'd like to hear about what the plans are for Reaper going forward. And I think, you know, any type of just shadow of talk from uh, Standing Stone Games is, is huge for the community and huge for us to uh, to be able to talk about um, just in the podcast or, or anything else. I'd really like to see more players do like like the Kenku thing. There's no tree. No tree whatsoever. Be nice if somebody did that. Like the Dampier one I had, the Vampire Race one, somebody did a tree for that. Somebody talked about Yuan-Ti and then somebody made a tree for the Yuan-Ti. And that's awesome. Like that's the stuff we can talk about. That stuff. We can get into that because that's the fantasy we want to, you know, we want to be, you know, be absorbed in. But when you just, you know, want to see a race, that's great. But what does it look like in DDO? Tell me what that looks like. And then I'll I'll get into the weeds with you. But uh, difficult when you just, yeah, Kenku, you know, I mean. All right, so I, uh, I guess I'm going to wrap it up, guys. It's not even, you know, the thing is, it's just I don't. My passion is there. I want to play Baldur's Gate 3. I'm going to lie to you guys. I, I want to play Baldur's Gate 3. It's so much fun. And I got the Hexblade fucking mod. <laughs> so I'm literally like... Like, it's fun, dude. Like, it's kind of hard. It's not like... It's fun, man. It's You just have to... That first encounter on the ship there, the Nautilus ship there, if you can download the Hexblade thing and... Give that a shot. Something like that. Those those values are... You know, my guy has 10 hit points. And... You know, the illithid is... You gotta... Tr- you see you see what I mean? Like, the video game can... You can make this happen. Um, you guys can make this happen. Standing Stone Games can make this happen for DDO. You really, really can. Um, yes, it's real time. Yes. Yep. But you just gotta think about how... You know, the reality is in that fight, okay? Let me just talk about this because people are going to whine and moan when they hear what the words that are about to come out of my mouth. In order for me to, in order for me to, not everybody, but in order for me to win the way I wanted to win in that fight, um, in the tutorial for Baldur's Gate 3, and there is very minor spoilers. You're going to get there in about 10 minutes and then you're going to figure out how you want to defeat this fight. But you get to the first boss fight on the ship to get to the... get off the basically the tutorial ship, right? And there is the... you're being controlled by... you were captured by the Illithids and, you know, that you're their captive, okay? They implant you with their, their stuff. They can mind control you kind of thing. So you get a group of three of you together and you're going to the, you know, the, the, the main... Uh, the bridge of the ship, this airship, to take control of it so you can get off of it and uh, escape your illithid captors. When you get there, the illithid captors are fighting these devils. And, well, a devil boss, a big commander boss. The illithid, the main bad guy, illithid, um, is fighting him. And he gives you an order to go, you know, take, you know, do this thing and you know, we'll get out, we'll safely land. That's the only way for us to get out of here and be safe. So he mind speaks to you that, and then 
he starts fighting the uh, the game continues. He's fighting the the commander boss, and then you can decide what to do from there. There's a couple of enemies that are blocking your path initially that you have to um, uh, take care of. But you know you can do whatever you kind of want. And here's the thing: the commander has like a hundred and something hit points, like a hundred and sixty or hundred and seventy hit points. You have ten. Okay, and the Elithid doesn't have much. He's like 60 or 70, maybe 80 hit points. So there's not much, but he's a, more of a caster. And um, in order for me to beat the, beat the... So you don't have to defeat the commander. The commander's an optional. And when you do defeat the commander, you can get this really cool greatsword called the Everburn Greatsword. It's like the... You know, your classic fiery greatsword in the beginning of the game. It's not super powerful, but it's like, uh, it's an achievement, right? Like, the issue is you got to kill this thing. It's kind of timed, killing the boss, because his reinforcements are on the way for him. So you only have so much time to kill the boss, loot the body, and get the fuck off the ship, right? But you don't know that. The player doesn't know that in the beginning. In the beginning, you just kill the two guys, and maybe you try to go fight the boss, and maybe you beat him, maybe you don't. You take some time kind of figuring that out. But the the best way I found to defeat it was to split the party. So I had, you kill that initial wave, then you're free to go attack the main boss. But you also have to get to the console to control the ship and land it safely, right? Or escape the uh, devil assault. So as you approach the console, it mobs spawn. You get ambushed, right? So... The best way for me, the way I found to, to handle it, was to take the Githyanki uh, fighter and have her kind of charge in and try to get his, you know, try to make uh, make the enemies attack her. Then I brought the cleric up to a specific point where I could do fire damage to the main boss, like the commander who had the greatsword that I wanted, and also um, do damage to the. Um, also back up the Githyanki fighter with, with her with with what she was dealing with and then my main guy, my hexblade I just put flanking the main boss now here's the thing once you engage this boss if you decide to leave you, get, you, know, you provoke an attack of opportunity you know when you leave his square he literally one shots you so if you leave, once you commit to that action like you gotta take him down and if you don't take him down in time, um, there are more bad guys that spawn, and they're awesome. They look really cool. They're cool devils with spears, and they can they dash toward you, and then they leap too, and they got wings, and it looks really cool. Um, but they can one shot you too. <laughs> and after some time, I figured out to split the party, and kind of gave the Githyanki her her time to shine. You know, she's whacking enemies, and then it gave the cleric time to shine because it saw how. It was able to use the cleric in a way to buff. Like I buffed the illithid so that the illithid wouldn't die, even though he was the bad guy. I was able to heal anybody that needed to be healed and do damage at range with the uh, cleric, um, you know, as where she was positioned. And then just with my guy, just continually flanked the um, the boss. And the reason for that is when you land the. Um, when you when you leave that scenario, you're you're by yourself, and I wanted that greatsword for the main character, and I wasn't sure if I if I looted it with another character if I'd have it. So, 
I wanted to just, uh, I think that was the best split that I could do for the party at any rate. But I had to split the party to do that, right? And, you know, if that was a live action, like I think if that was a real-time game, was how would that look in a real-time game? Well, some of the some of the issues is like the some of the problems that we have now is that that people wanted the game to be like World of Warcraft, so now you have hate and mob intimidation stuff that's happening. But if if you were able to split the party briefly, just in the room, not so that they're necessarily split uh, on the map, like that they're down different quarters or different space space regional uh, spaces just that they're further apart, dealing with different pieces of the quest, um, but still, like, feeling powerful, and, and that they're, they're, but they can't leave, you know, like, I couldn't pull that Kith Yankee sooner, because if I did, then the ambush would happen on my guys, and on my guy that was fighting the, the boss, and then potentially kill him while I'm trying to kill the boss. So I couldn't take DPS off him. So it was a... I don't know, I just felt like it was a... It just reminded... You know, it reminded me of the Todd fight a little bit uh, when the Orthon spawn, and you've got to have the, the you know the DPS kind of go over there. And that was kind of... They still had, you know... Yeah, it's been a while since uh, I played the Todd raid, but I, that's one of the better... Actually, better designed raids. It's just... It was right before everything got too crazy with the um, the grazing hits and all that. But that, that would have been a good raid had the AC stuff stayed in. We would have loved that raid. I, I know that would have been a really fun raid. Had the And they could have done more stuff. You know, you could have done more stuff with the, uh, you know. You just have like an Orthon spawn with boss uh, with a boss Orthon that has the Sulamati's heal curse. And then boom, like then your two melees over there that only get hit 5% of the time are fucking... Are watching each other's backs for sure. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 it reminded me that particular fight that I just described reminded me of the Tower of Despair raid. Um, but you know, that's back. The game was in a different state, man. You know, that's just uh, you can't get those things back. So. Well, my friends, <laughs> I uh, want to play Baldur's Gate 3 because <laughs> I can play my Hexblade Warlock. Dude, I was playing Path of the Righteous. The reason why, let me say this. So this is a good good thing. I was playing Wrath of the Righteous and I was playing my shifter and I loved it. I was kicking ass. And I just got the hankering to play DDO because they have shifters in DDO. And I got on, I got into it, and I really wanted to make one, and I made one, and I was playing it, and I liked it, and then I wanted to TR my guy, and I was going to TR my guy into one. Then I realized that you can only do Iconic for to get the racial tree and all these restrictions, and it's like, dude, (laughs) why can't Razor Claw just be a level one guy if I want it to be a level one guy? Why does it have to be a barbarian? Why are you going to make me pay money, you know, to, you know, TR his, you know, his alignment and his, you know, it's just stupid. Uh, sometimes that stuff frustrates the crap out of me. You know, there just needs to be an option where if you want to be a Shade Archai Paladin, you just freaking can. You know, you don't have to pay all kinds of money. to. It just drives me nuts, you know. You need to give players options. That's what they want. And I'm telling you, you get a good game because I was playing Path of the Righteous and I love the crap out of that game. 
but I started to want to play with DDO with other people like shifters and but you, then you can't you limited me so hard and then it's like well I want to TR my racial guy into it and that's what I was thinking of all these different builds to do and I and, I, and the reality is, you know what? What's the fucking point? I got to pay for this, pay for that. Then I, I don't have time to level the 30 fucking two. You know, I can do level one to 20. That's what I can do. I have time for that. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> I can't start at level 15 and go to 32. So, and if you don't want to accommodate, I'm not the only asshole that has a life. So if you don't want to accommodate that, then it's like you lose. And, that, and you know, haven't lost... Um, uh, you know, I still sub and all this stuff, but like, you you lose a player that doesn't show up to the table that day. You know, you know, and that happens enough times. It's enough people. It's noticeable. Then you have less people in the game. You know, you don't want to have that. So you know, I I, I don't even. That's a whole nother show, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think the iconics you should be able to start from level one. You know, I just think they can still be iconics. You know, you know, the really the reason why they were introduced was they were a catch up mechanism by one of the developers. Thought they would have a great idea. Well, let's do a catch up mechanism, and uh, you know, we'll be like World of Warcraft with their death knights, whatever. But that's not, you know, it's it's not not working out man like just put them back at level one let them have the option of starting at level one and making them however you want um <laughs> i gotta because I, 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 the thing is because i wanted to play ddo today and i couldn't because i couldn't get into it because you guys fucked it up <laughs> you didn't fuck it up but you know what i mean man you fucked it up man like i want to play shade Archive from level one that's the one thing I like about hardcore is I get to play that shit from level one, man. Fuck. <sighs> Anyways. That seems like a good note to end it on, huh, guys? I'll, uh, I'll catch you soon. I won't be such a stranger this week. I uh, I am busy this week, uh, but I'll try by the end of the week. I'll try. Uh, I'll try. If I, can't get, uh, if I can't get another one in a Monday night. All right, my friends, take care of yourselves, and I will see you soon.